Welcome back to Write in 10. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're getting something out of this 10-minute microcast. For me, it would help if you shared this with your writer friends, especially if you're in any online social media writing group. If you could post an episode in there, that would really help. Also, when you hit subscribe for this, you can see where you can rate it. You can also write a review if you're feeling like that. This just helps the podcast get seen by more people. Also, look for Writing 10 on Instagram or Twitter, Pinterest. There's even an interactive group on Facebook. Just go type in Write in 10, the number 10, in any of those places and we should pop up. I think the Facebook group is really good for people like me who want to share techniques or ask questions, but mainly stay accountable. My name's Karen Alea. I'm a longtime writer and instructor, and you can read more about me and some blogs about writing at the writein10.com website. And that's 10, the number 10. In this episode, we're going to dive into description, and that's an area that writers seem to really love. It's the easiest place for us to show off our skills and our imagination. But like anything else, description can be a little trickier than it seems on the surface. For us to understand when to use it, how much to use... What's really important is for us to understand and remind ourselves why to use description. Once we know the why or the three major whys, then everything else begins to fall in place. Here are three major whys for writing description. The first one is to steady your reader's feet into your writing. You know, we're asking a lot of readers, we're telling them, come along, let me lead you through this piece of fiction or memoir or reporting. We want them to just surrender without hesitation, trust us and follow us. Description is a means to develop that trust. Say a writer places whoever they're writing about in a bedroom the reader automatically starts filling in those details. So if, as a writer, you want to make them feel secure so that they're not grasping at straws to picture and do the work of filling in what this person is about, what time this is, all those things, description is a great way to do that. Go ahead and place your main person in a bedroom that has laundry strewn all over the floor with the slight smell of mold mixed with pot and a small crack in the window. There you go, showing the reader enough that they start to get their feet grounded in what you're trying to take them through. Perhaps... The person you're writing about is shown in a bedroom where the bed has one of those marriage quilts on it that was made by the main character's Appalachian grandmother. And on one nightstand, there's a Bible and a water glass. And on the other nightstand, 
there's nothing. It's completely empty. You can see that you now feel secure in this space, and you as the reader are ready to go along with the writer wherever you take them. And it leads right into the second why that we use description, and that's to set a tone or a mood. You've read the books where there's a rainy day or we get to see that the the flowers are about to bud. We've read these descriptions and many times we just breeze past them, but our subconscious picks up on them. We begin to feel this mood that the writer is laying out for us. There are so many ways mood can be developed and manipulated that we'll go more into that into some future episodes. But the main list, but the main lesson here is remembering descriptions are used to emote atmosphere. So we'll take a young girl sitting in a classroom and we'll change some descriptions. And the first one. You describe the clean white tennis shoes she's wearing, pencils laid out symmetrically on her desk, sun coming in through the window. You can feel it. You can see it. Some people can even smell and hear things. Now change it with the descriptors to that she's wearing a pair of scuffed brown flats and she only has one pencil, and the eraser's been gnawed off. And outside that window, there's storm clouds. With just a few words, a few tweaks, the whole mood is changed. And as you can see, the first why led into the second why, and it's going to lead right into this third why. Metaphor and foreshadowing are a huge reason we can use description. These go hand in hand. So let me explain. That girl with the scuffed shoes, what did you think when you saw the storm clouds outside the window? If you're like most, you automatically feel something dark and possibly something dangerous is rolling in. That description is used as a metaphor for that danger or that worry or something dark coming, which also makes it great foreshadowing because the reader is alerted, heads up, get worried, something's going on. For about a decade now, I've been searching for some lines that I read. I think it was in a short story. It might have been by Margaret Atwood. But the writer described the outside of a house that had vines growing up the side. It definitely said in one or two lines that the vines were about halfway up the house and the suckers were digging into the rotted wood. Just like that, it told me everything. It told me that whoever is inside this house is either of a certain economic class or emotional state that they haven't fixed the rotten wood, or there's negligence involved because these vines are allowed to grow wild. 
It also told me when it said that the suckers are sort of getting into the wood and that the vines are at the halfway mark, that this house is about to be taken over by not just the vines, but something. And that freaks me out in the best way. There's possibly a deep secret, a family secret in that house. Something's going to happen. And just those two or three lines cued me as the reader to feel a certain way and to sit up and pay attention. Can journalists use this? Absolutely. As long as it's fact, it works perfectly. So say you're covering a rally that goes badly. Focusing a sentence that talks about maybe the potholes in the road that some of the people are marching over or a smell that's wafting in from the manufacturing plant that they're holding the rally at, it'll say a lot towards what you're trying to get the reader to feel in your piece of writing. And that's really what we're talking about when we discuss techniques like description, because you, as a writer, are sharing an experience with the reader. And description is where you need to remember that the reader's present. We talked about in episode two that for some of us, it's better not to picture the reader, to have them outside and it just be us in our little hidey hole, just putting it all on the page. So can you add in description later in rewriting? Absolutely. But when I do do that, that's when I become aware of the reader, because let's be honest, techniques in our writing are to manipulate our reader. We want them to feel a certain way, and we want them to come to certain conclusions, or we want to hide certain conclusions from them. I hope you'll remember these three main whys for writing description. We use it to steady our reader's feet within our book and their surroundings once they're in there. We also use it to set a tone or a mood. And you know this when you look at your bookshelf. You can look at certain books you've read and instantly feel the mood of where it took you when you were reading it. And then the third is we use description because we're using it as a metaphor and maybe even foreshadowing for the reader to start getting things implanted into their mind of where we want to take them. Now it's your turn. You're getting the hang of this after three episodes. Once this finishes, go ahead and set a timer and write for 10 minutes. This is a time for you to put these things into practice. If you don't have anything you're working on where you can underline or find places where new description can go, then here's a prompt for you. Describe the outside of your main person that you're writing about of their house or of their workplace. 
And then the second half of that is to write about somewhere inside that's more personal and hidden from people's view. That's their bedroom or their office, cubicle, bathroom, and really try and see where you can bring in a little bit of mood, some tone, change up some words so that there's a feeling that emotes to the reader. Thank you again for listening, and please leave a comment at the website or go to Facebook or Twitter and let me know how the exercise worked for you. See you next week.